everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney DeBulsey. I will be your host for the next hour or so. I'm joined by Jim Dunn, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, the man you were all tuned in here to see. And of course, Dane Young, who does stuff. So Dane's here and that matters for some reason. Anyway, we're glad to have Dane. We're glad to have Coach Dunn. And we're glad that you joined us. A very busy morning today. Uh, Georgia's got its next to last regular practice this afternoon, but this morning they've got a new, they announced a new hug of mascots coming along. His name is Boom. Not thrilled with the name, but I get it. So Boom is new. And uh, Georgia got a commitment from a wide receiver, six foot three kid out of Indiana named Nitro Tuggle, Nitrarian, I think his name is. So a lot of uh, news going on this morning, and we're glad you joined us so that we can talk about it. I'll go right to Coach Donna and uh, get his thoughts on G-Day coming up this Saturday. So they have practices on Tuesday and then Thursday, and then Saturday is G-Day. Last week, Coach, you said it was going to be vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. I, I think that is a fair assumption. <laughs> but at the same time, what can we expect to see on Saturday? Well, first of all, I want to congratulate uh, Coach uh, Muschamp on getting the new Ugga named after him. So uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, he, he's got a lot of pull with the head coach. And, uh, you know, Nitro, I love that name. There's a town up in West Virginia, Nitro, West Virginia, that, uh, you know, where they make all these chemicals. I mean, I don't know how people ever even live there. It smells so bad. But, uh, well, and Nitro's your favorite American gladiator, right? We've talked about this a ton. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy for to get another receiver. But, you know, I, Dan and I were talking about it before the show. Uh, with the advent of, uh, you know, 15 practices compared to 20 and the limitation on the number of scrimmages you can have, it's probably a little bit more uh, – defenses are able to run a few more things in spring and offense is the same than they used to be. Be so controlled, you know, that you just didn't want to show anything. But with – uh, us playing 15 games every year and all that, there's not a whole lot of secrets. So you want to really analyze your players more than you worry about what you're showing the other teams you're playing. I mean, good God, we're playing UT Martin. Uh, well, you know, we, I think they, they got a pretty good idea of what we're going to have. So uh, you want to analyze your team. Uh, how are backs going to do on pass protection? You know, from the standpoint of, if you never rush anybody, you can't really analyze how they're doing in front of all these people with all the pressure on them. And so that's going to be a way to see how these younger guys can pick up the different blitzes that Schumann and the defenses bring. Uh, quarterbacks, uh, I think the first-team quarterback is probably at a little bit of a disadvantage compared to the second one because he's going against the first-team defense. He's going right. against better players. Now you can say, well, he's got uh, – you know, uh, better players. Better receivers. You got better players around him and all that. But there's a little hem and haul back and forth there. But uh, that's why throughout the spring they put quarterbacks with different groups so they can see how they look. And the same thing with uh, some of the secondary guys. Uh, you can really analyze a, se a secondary guy maybe better playing with a second-team defensive line than you can the first because – more balls are going to be launched, uh, you know, 
and they're going to see the ball in the air. But conversely, the fact that we don't call sacks helps the, the defensive backs because you see the ball in the air a little bit more. The reason we don't call them is we don't want the quarterbacks to get hit. But uh, I think there's just some back and forth here that uh, if you just put it down in, in, in concrete uh, writing here, I, I think we want to analyze how the backs – to me, how the backs can handle uh, the different looks, uh, how many of uh, these young receivers are able to step up that of the freshman class and the two transfer receivers, what they look like. And then defensively, how's our perimeter uh, look going to look with these different corners? Uh, they've had a lot of good competition there. Uh, and, you, you know, all of a sudden you're playing without – Michael Williams and Marvin Jones all spring. So the defensive front is uh, not what it's going to be. But And the kicker, Zirkle, uh, doesn't have the competition he'll have in the fall with this Peyton Watson kid coming in. But uh, all in all, I think anybody that goes into that stadium at 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, at 6 o'clock Saturday afternoon, they're going to be saying, holy balls. <laughs> I mean, they're just going to be saying, yeah, come on, bring it on, Nick. Bring it on. To your point, I want folks, when you go in there, uh, let me grab the numbers here. Some uh, New Jersey numbers I want you to look for, folks. Uh, check out, look for number 29, outside linebacker Gabe Harris. Uh, look for number 26, outside linebacker Sam Mpimba. Uh, look for uh, number 35, Damon Wilson, the second. Those are. Oh, right. Are you just trying to bullshit these people? How about looking at number five? <laughs> five, Raylan Wilson. I mean, you can go there. I'm just telling you. I mean, you tell them that number one. This is your show, and you don't even give them the best stuff. You've been to the Masters. You've been watching all this Masters golf stuff, and you don't even tell them to look at Raylan Wilson first. Well, uh, you, I will, I will get to him in a minute. Or, hey, hey, I'm so lucky. I'll tell you, look at him. But I want people to – when you mentioned Marvin Jones Jr. being out and uh, uh, Michael Williams being out, you're missing two superstars, two five-star guys, the, the, the bookends that came in last year. But you replaced three more of them. These don't look like – these kids are still supposed to be in high school, coach. They're you know they're supposed to be getting ready for prom. Yeah, they're monsters. They're those grown ass men. They're huge. So I, I'm just saying, you know, if you're looking down there, you got your binoculars on, and you're looking at who's that senior down there. I don't know. Hell, CJ Madden. I had to ask somebody who he was. I've forgotten what number he was. I think he's 16 now. He's a giant. I'm like, oh, yeah, they look good. He's a backup. Kirby, Kirby made the point though. I still got to transfer it to the field, you know. I mean, yeah. I think that's, oh, yeah. that's the thing that uh, where uh, in the old days they would probably look better if you just had a vanilla run one defense and they did the same thing over. But they want to challenge them and see how they react to making checks and how do you handle uh, being out there on your own without the coach to tell you what to do. So I think that's uh, – very good way we do it. We stress these kids. I mean, really put a lot of heat on them, and uh, they realize that they got a long way to go if they're going to be what they need to be, not only to play here at Georgia, but play at the next level. One thing I wanted to emphasize, too, is because I, I'm dismissive of the spring game. I, I don't think it functions the same purpose that it once did, like entertainment-wise. I don't find a whole appeal in it. 
all that said, especially for these players that you were talking about, this is the first time to be playing in Sanford State fans there. It's a big deal. Yeah. This is going to be the first piece of their three, four, however many years they're playing for Georgia. This is the first time they play in that stadium, and you don't get a lot of those. And so for that in itself, this is a memory for those players that they won't forget. Yeah, I mean, I know one of the things that, that I always remember about coaching here is the first time you take a, a young guy down to the stadium and he goes in and actually uh, plays in a scrimmage-type situation. You usually don't use the field down there that, except for scrimmages. And you make the point that uh, this is where you got to show your stuff. This is where uh, – this is a revered place. And if you're going to step on this field, you've got to show uh, a lot of uh, – respect for it and give your best shot. And uh, I, I think uh, it, it's kind of a humbling experience to know that, you know, you have the chance to be a part of a real uh, dynasty type program. Hopefully it's going to be that, but you, you've got a chance, even if you, if you weren't winning at the level they are now uh, of being part of history. So uh, you just don't take that for granted. There's a lot of people sitting in that stadium that would love to know, that they could have lined up out there on that field, man. Even though some of them did and didn't play much of a part of it, they were on the team, and that was a big part of their journey getting ready for life. So a uh, little philosophy there, but I, I do think that anytime you open up those gates, whether it's for the graduation to culminate four years, of, five years of college, or playing football down there, or – having a concert or whatever it might be. I mean, Sanford Stadium is a real deal. I go back to what Kirby Smart did. What was this, first or second? You remember the 93K day? The first one? That, that year, was uh, yeah. 2016. That, for six months after that, every time we spoke to a recruit, he's like, they had 93,000 people show up for a spring game. Yeah. And it changed the culture at UGA. It changed the idea of Georgia among recruits who had been through 15 years or however long of Mark Rick being close, but just not quite getting there. Being a great team, being a top 10, top five team, but just getting over the hump. And how do you say, how do you get that extra oomph, if you will? How do you get that extra, there you go, that extra fight, that extra something's different. We're, we're still going to be a 10-win team, but now we're going to be a 12-win team. And that was a marketing genius and it paid off because what happened with some of those guys, we, you know, they talked about it as juniors and uh, sophomores and seniors, they committed in 2017, 2018, 2019, they were winning titles in 22 and 23. It just it changed the culture. So it's, it's a big deal. And to your point coach about some of the guys getting out there for the first time, uh, or and it's going to be Dane's point. There's that maybe maybe a little butterflies, you know, you're it's maybe probably the biggest crowd you've ever played in front of. You know, you didn't have that in high school, but it will either give you a ton of confidence because you showed out then against, you know, very, very good players or it shows you how far you need to go. You get smoked out there on the field and, you know, you came in with a big chip on your shoulder and all of a sudden you're like, I got humiliated in front of you know 50,000 people or 93,000 people or 40,000 people. It's a. I know we could talk about how vanilla it is and how you can't read a lot into it, but the the micro type stuff of these kids, you know, going over how they performed, you know, 
how's Jordan Hall going to perform? How's uh, Big Ja going to perform? How, those new guys in the defensive interior are going up against some really good offensive linemen. You know, you get a couple sacks. And, and some guys will blow up in the G-Day game, and we all get excited about them, and then you never hear from them again. Matt Landers is a G-Day legend. Jonathan Kyle Murphy, Karimpolis, G-Day. shout out. Kyle Karimpolis, I, I love that dude. They just it, – it, so you're – I want to – I got my yeah, – hey, I want to say to your point, Coach, you do have to translate into the field when the lights are on in the fall. Yeah, look who's on the field. I mean, when the threes are out there, I mean – these guys, hopefully, some of them will be on scholarship maybe, but some of them probably won't. But uh, there's still a lot of good players there. There's a real demand to be part of this team. So there's some guys that aren't on scholarship that could be playing for some other schools. And uh, they want to play for Georgia. And, they, you know, a guy like Dan Jackson came here. Look what he's been able to do. I mean, you can cash Jones. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that that make a big – big imprint on your special teams and get a chance to be a part of the uh, a significant part of it. But uh, I would say this, is this like I used to tell kids that come to the camp first day, you know, you probably, it's not what you thought it'd be. And, you know, you can't wait to get home and see mama and all that. So you make, you make a rash judgment and it's not what you think it's going to be. Same thing true with the team. Hey, it, it's a, you can't see a proven product on Saturday because it's hard to play against yourself. You got to get all those special teams instead of 11 guys on a punting situation. You got to get 11 more to return to punt kickoff. You got 11 kickoff guys. You got to get 11 more and you got to get that from a team of 30 to 40 players compared to 80. So each team has 40, 45 players and you got to get all those special teams and everything. So it's hard to play against, make a game type situation versus yourself. Now a scrimmage where you can have guys playing for both teams and doing all that, it's a lot easier. But a game is uh, used to drive me crazy trying to get get everybody out there and make sure you look like you do what you're doing because that's what you're supposed to. But it's hard to do when you, you have a limited number of players there because. The best part about it for me now compared to the old days, you got those freshmen that weren't going to be here till the fall are now here to help you supplement the guys that you've lost in the either the draft or the or the graduation. So your squad numbers are a little bigger, uh, and that helps you in the spring game. So a little bit of both ways there, but uh, it'll be – and they're not going to start to four o'clock. I guess that's for TV or something. So uh, uh, I guess that, is that why they're doing that, general manager? What's the deal? It is usually when the TV network ESPN wants to put you on their channel, they'll pick the time and you go with it. That's why. Okay, so we're going to be on ESPN. That's my understanding. I'll double check on it, but ESPN is what is what I there, and I don't. We, I mean, Florida's playing to what Thursday night and it's streaming and it's supposed to rain. So it rained yeah. at Auburn's. You're trying we to offset Georgia's practices last week, coach uh, last Thursday. They had kind of a quasi, they started trying to scrimmage last Thursday because it rained God awful on Saturday. They said they couldn't scrimmage then. Then they went indoors, ran a couple plays. It didn't quite get the scrimmage in. 
I was going to ask you, does that affect what they will do this Saturday? If they weren't able to get their entire second scrimmage in because they had to go indoors through the rain, do they use this opportunity? Because you mentioned that you only have so many times you can go full speed and full tackle. Will, the, will we see them do any like situational work that they couldn't get done last week? Yeah, I think we'll see maybe uh, practice a couple two-minute offenses at the end of each half. Even if the clock is out, they'll practice that just so they can do it with the – Working on that, uh, not not necessarily just because they might have missed it, but they they like to always do that if they can. The other thing that's going to be kind of a symbol here be the first time we'll see a a clock where the clock doesn't stop on a uh, first down. Uh, first down. But you know we have run a running clock before for each quarter where we didn't stop it for anything. So, um, Noah and Kirby, he he probably gonna try to get as many plays in as he can. So I don't know how they'll do it, but uh, it'll be it'll be a balanced deal. I mean, you split the teams up where, you know, one offense going against one defense. So um, the team that has the second offense will be with the first defense over on one sideline and vice versa. Then there'll be some three sprinkled in. And I could see a guy like Gunner Stockton maybe playing for both teams so he can get reps, you know, uh, going out there and replacing either, either one of those quarterbacks. But uh, that's that's just a projection there. But uh, we'll see how it works. A good question for Phil Rogers. This is how much will Carson Brock throw deep? Do you let him air it out, Coach? Sure. They're not going to hold anything back there like that. They're too competitive. Uh, he'll, I, think, I think the over-under on how many deep passes he would throw would be 8 to 10. I love it. You know that that's a good question by Phil, uh, or or whoever might say it, because you you're thinking that why would what what do you want to show and what you don't? I, I just don't feel like they're with our schedule, the teams we're playing before we play South Carolina in a conference game. We're a lot more worried about what we can do to analyze our players than what we what we're able to do to keep the other team from seeing what we're doing. You know, so. The advantage that these teams have, their spring game's probably not on TV, although it might be on ESPN Plus or something like that. But the, you do have a situation. If, let's just say the general manager is a defensive coordinator for uh, Dane Young, defensive coordinator for Tennessee Tech, is a Tennessee Martin. Well, you got that uh, TV copy that you can watch all summer where you analyze George's personnel and look at them. Hey, this guy does a bad step on this or all that. So that's, that's kind of an advantage because you can take that tape off of a TV copy, but uh, it's just not the last time I'm broken. It's just not as big a deal about holding stuff back anymore as compared to get out there and stretch your stuff, man. Show me what you got. <laughs> Uh, Georgia on ESPN2 for the spring game. The Boston Celtics in the NBA playoffs will be on big ESPN. Who are they playing? I don't think that we know yet. Play-in has play to happen. Game. A lot of big play-in yeah. games tonight. Lakers, hey, watch out for the Warriors, man. They're getting ready to rock it. It's hard to beat them in a seven-game series if they get to it. I think if the Atlanta Hawks win, then they would be in line to go play the Celtics, which would not be a great matchup for them. Hawks playing the – what are they playing? The Heat? Heat tonight in the play. Yeah. Mm. 
Go Hawks. Also, I want you folks to go to uh, Your Pie Pizza, and I want you to start a new franchise with those folks. Okay. Uh, check them out. There's They have over 70 restaurants. Uh, Valuation is going up 18% in 2022. Uh, it's very simple to get started with them. Drew French, Natalie French, they launched a ton of these. They will help you with the uh, layout, the design, all that great stuff. And it's a great business model. Again, Drew started one, Drew Natalie, you know, started one here in Athens, the original. So many people have liked the concept. They've opened over 70 locations. Now, today's a good day to actually swing by your pie and grab a uh, your pie pizza when you get the chance. But you know, double points day on a Tuesday. Absolutely. So use the app. But if you're thinking about creating a new job, you're thinking about starting a new industry, uh, you know, want to get away from the, uh, you know, no future job you have now, go be your own boss. Make yourself a ton of money. Hit up our friends at your pie to say, look, I kind of like a little bit more. No, I'd like to know more about being a franchisee and they will take care of you. Also want to mention our friends. At Athens Ford, we've been watching that number of vehicles creep up and creep up, creep up. You know, when the COVID hit, we're like, hey, they got 150 vehicles, and that's great in this market. And there was over 200. We were excited. And that was, there was like 350. Now they're up to 450 vehicles. And again, this, these are the same ones they had. The turnover there is incredible. But it's showing that the actual number of vehicles is coming back. So it's, uh, what's that saying? 45 is more than that. Oh, you're going through the individual ones there. Sorry. So uh, if you look at the different uh, styles, uh, pre-owned, new, just remember that anything you buy there that's under 80,000 miles will have a lifetime powertrain warranty, except for some of the, maybe the European things like a Beamer or a Mercedes, some of the stuff that you have to, it's really tough to get a uh, engineer or a mechanic on, but yeah, Pretty I clicked the 2024, and that's why the number went down when I did that. But, like, I'm impressed they have 2024 vehicles in the lot. I see you have them. They've had Broncos out there, which are impossible to find. If you want to go look at the Broncos, they have them out there. So, hit up our friends at Athens Ford. Remember, they use a lifetime powertrain warranty on their vehicles. Coach, I did want to ask you just a question about the function of spring football games now because Auburn's had a very unique score. There was a preset score back from – there was a lot of little funky things with their team. And then obviously I've heard Hugh Freeze say that he'd rather play Troy or rather than have you know Auburn, Auburn. Do you think that this changes one day? What is the function of the current spring game? Do coaches like G-Day? And, and how it's been set up for however many years now. You know, you never say never. Uh, who would have thought we had a 14 playoff? Now we're going to have a 12. So you, you never know what's going to happen there. Um, with, the, with the portal and everything, uh, and it's just hard to gauge what, what everybody's thinking as far as spring practice. Uh, I just think uh, – if you could get across to the administrators that if by playing another team, we could probably analyze our players better and give them a good idea of whether to stay or not as compared to going against each other, you know, maybe that would help you. But uh, if you just reflect to a pro team, like when they're getting ready for, for fall, they, they get a couple preliminary games, but they've cut that down because the NFL players association doesn't want them to play as many. But they do have these deals where they'll go in and practice against another team. 
And that gets back to my initial deal where you can, let's say you're having seven on seven, instead of going against yourself, you're going seven on seven against uh, some, you know, let's say Georgia state and then your uh, defensive and offensive lines are working against their defense and offensive line. And you're doing a lot of drill work and you're going against a different body. You get somebody different than you do all spring. So, there's a lot to be said about that, but this is not the first time anybody's ever said it. I mean, Hugh Freeze, they give him credit, he can say what he wants to, but it's coaches have talked about it forever. It'd be nice to be able to do, but uh, uh, I, I just can't project it. I mean, based on on uh, the way these uh, people want to save money, they probably think that's another way to uh, spend money they wouldn't want like to do. I think it'd be great to have a game and play it for charity, uh, you know, whatever you might need it for. But here's an idea, Coach, when that same situation, you, you you have these huge payout games where you pay somebody to come and you don't have to do the return game home. But maybe you have to play that ninth game, uh, ninth, ninth SEC conference game or something like that. If you had one like this, you could pay a team maybe half of what you would for a normal in-season game, get to come here, you go against somebody else, but, you know, you still have the concessions. You still have everything else that makes your school a lot of money. Uh, you got your recruits yeah. there. You get to makes watch it. sense, Roddy. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're wasting time. Talk. Let's talk about the dogs here. I mean, you freeze. Way to go. Well, you come up with something new there. Good job. Just from the, the TV programming standpoint, though, it seems like there's a missed opportunity there because there's – a need for content, especially on all the streaming services. So I would think the SEC Network Plus would eventually throw the idea out there of, hey, these scrimmages that you'll have, not even the G-Day per se, but let's say the two or three scrimmages before, if they do something like Coach is saying, where they do the drill work against another team, you mic up a player or something, all of a sudden you have a TV show, and they want more of that than ever. So I think that's something that could be sold eventually just for the marketing stuff. It's a good point, but that's just a, a, a small crumb in the big cake when you're looking at what CBS and ESPN are paying them to have the, the games during the year. So, uh, I mean, I wish I was a little more positive about it, but I just can't get, get a good feel that the it makes too much sense to do it, really. It's just <laughs> that's, that's true. That's very true. All right, uh, let's hit up some of the questions here. I want to get one from uh, Howard Eubanks. He says, who steps up for AD at receiver? A lot of options. Well, I think that's a, a very good question that has a lot of different answers. It, it's like when you're taking a test and you could be A, B, C, D, E, or all of the above. I mean, you could go very deep there. But the difference is AD was a single receiver side guy. He was into the boundary or the one-on-one type guy that most teams don't uh, – you know, will defend to the field and have a boundary corner on him. Uh, so the two guys that have experience are Roseby St. Jackson and Bell. Uh, Dylan Bell's had a good spring, both these guys. Uh, you've got Ra Ra Thomas coming in that can play there, uh, transfer from Miss, uh, Mississippi State. You've got uh, Evans, who's very fast, coming in as a big, big receiver. So those four guys – would be the X type guy. And then to the field, we've got a plethora of guys with uh, McConkey and, uh, and, and Dominic love. Uh, uh, just a lot of good players, a receiver 
to me is a position of real strength. And then you add the fact that you got three really quality tight ends, Brock Bowers and, um, and, and then Delp and then uh, Lawson Lucky number sevens come on strong this spring. And we just got committed the uh, number two player in the country from down at Charleston, Charlton County. Uh, uh, man, oh man, uh, just unbelievable. That guy, kid's six, seven, six, eight. I remember uh, Kirby sent me a little, uh, he never sends me much, but he sent me a text picture of him and Champ Bailey's mother back in September or or right, right around the end. Uh, I said, Hey, that's great. He said, I'm down here watching this kid. It's another, another, I'm not going to say what he called him, but just really good player from uh, <laughs> Charlton County. And uh, hey, he was watching him play basketball. And this, this Williams kid's a real deal. The last thing I want to point out before I forget it, because I had him in a note. Any of you can on Friday at five o'clock, the Georgia tennis team's playing against uh, Mississippi State. N and O in the conference have the regular season championship uh, uh, tie right now. One more win, we'll we'll win it outright. But uh, Tennessee's got us has lost two. We haven't lost, but we played Mississippi uh, on Sunday. So uh, great year for uh, Manny Diaz, Coach Hunt, the players had a big win over the Gators on uh, Sunday. So get out there. I mean, they they want to get a crowd of three thousand. They had about twenty five hundred for Kentucky. So hope you can make it out. And the women's continue to win uh, right up there with Texas A and M. Georgia's now ranked fourth in the country in uh, men's tennis. So got a chance to win the whole whole shooting match this year. Yeah. Uh, our congratulations for at least a yet another partial title. For Manny, uh, I've covered a lot of tennis matches over there. It's a blast. If you're in Tampa today, be sure to catch at least one of those. Uh, Coach, you're talking about Elias Williams out of Charlton County, six foot eight, 230 pounds. He's the number two athlete in the nation. Georgia's recruiting him as a tight end. Todd Hartley strikes again. Uh, we were mentioning some players to watch. Folks, watch out for Lawson Lucky, number seven. Keep an eye on him. And of course, uh, uh, we see we see the Darius Senior, Darius Smith Senior, is on the uh, show with us uh, in the comment section. There, his son, number nineteen, didn't get to see a ton of him last year. Looks is he on? The, is he on the comments? Yes, sir. He's watching the show. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm proud of your son right now. I'm glad you're watching this show. I talked to him several times out there at practice uh, last year. He was hurt for a little bit, and I, you know, my deal is if I see somebody and I think they, I try to encourage everybody, and I don't go out there much, but. Um, um, I don't know if you take credit for him or your wife, but you got the real deal there, man. You got the real deal, good person and a player. I mean, he can flat out run to, for his size. So uh, anything, anything that we've said to not say enough about him, I'm higher than a Georgia pine on that kid. I can tell you that. Exactly. I'm high on him. I, I love, I love the, the the South Georgia boys are just legit. And when they got that Elias Williams, he's a 2025 kid. And I'm like, Charlton County, in Charlton County, the ones that always yeah, – the track team. So they always have a great track team that they bring to the state title. So uh, just talent oozing in Georgia. Georgia now has the number one and number two ranked classes in the uh, – excuse me, the number one class for 2024 and the number two, uh, one class for 2025. 
How long will that last? I don't know. But just saying Georgia has not lost a beat when it comes to recruiting. And I know it sounds weird, but it gets harder when you win a lot of titles because your team's loaded. And with the kids, they coach and I were talking about this the other day, they're not excited about coming to your program to win titles as much as they are to come and get prepared to go to the league. So what matters more for these kids is the number of guys that Georgia has drafted in the upcoming draft versus how many titles you win. I mean, a title's great, but they want a job in the NFL. So show them that you can develop them, show you can put them in the NFL, and that's where you have the number one class in 2024 and 2025. But, you know, some of them do say, hey, I want to be part of the dynasty. I want to be part of the championships, all that. So it's a lot of different ways to look at it. But the biggest thing is you got a culture here of development and uh, and you've got a proven, proven pattern here that people – you're just not selling dreams. You're selling reality. And that's what I used to say to a kid back in the old days with Oklahoma or Marshall or Georgia, where we were winning said, well, you know, if you had your, you know, hard earned, hard earned money, what would you rather pay it in a, would put it in a bank? It's pays dividends every year or one that, you know, hopes they say they might be able to, but you know, they don't have a history and uh, Georgia. Right now, paying some pretty good dividends. Howard had asked about receivers. There is another question in, about uh, this is from Middle Georgia UGA Dog Pound. Is Dominic Blaylock practicing with the team? He is not. He is not on Georgia's team. I don't think he has a destination at this point. Yeah, Dom had a great career here, and he's going to school, get his degree. Uh, a lot of conjecture where he's going to go. I've heard several different places. Uh, you know, even Miami, I heard Miami, uh, who knows, uh, wherever he goes, I wish him well. He did a good job for Georgia and he, he's a very good young man. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Dante G films ask, have we talked about the kid nitro tuggle? Uh, we mentioned him at the beginning that he committed, uh, at 11 o'clock this morning or well, 11, 15 or so, uh, Nitarian tuggle. Uh, he is Six foot three, 190 pounds. He's a wideout from Indiana. Uh, who He's transferring to IMG, the uh, football academy down in uh, Florida. Uh, last year, he had 38 catches for 821 yards with 22 touchdowns. He even rushed for a few TDs and threw for a few TDs. So quite the uh, athlete, big wide receiver. Uh, doesn't have a ton of star rankings. I think he's a four-star, but he doesn't have a ton, of, you know, like uh, in the higher end there. But I have long – Long under uh, learned to give credit to Kirby Smart and uh, uh, the Georgia recruitment guys when they go looking for a wide receiver. Lad McConkey was also not a highly recruited guy. There's a lot of when they look for wide receivers. Let me say this: if he's got 38 catches and 22 touchdowns, they need to be throwing it to him a little more. Wow, that's percentage. <laughs> Plus, he ran, ran a few and threw a few, Coach. I'm just saying these he puts up numbers. I don't care. I guess air, that's good. So uh, he'll go to IMG, and we'll see what he does down there. But that is uh, a big pickup. And just because we don't have him ranked, you know, in the top five or something like that, uh, don't read too much into it. You know Trust IMG recruitment analysis over hours. And I shouldn't say that as rivals guy, but, you know, th there it is. Yeah, you know what IMG does? It's kind of like Georgia. They get those good kids and they work against each other and practice every day. And they, you just see the, the, their development. Uh, and a lot of the guys we've had that have come here are so much more ready 
for college because of that, like Nolan Smith. I mean, you know, just a lot of players like that. So uh, what's the next question there, GM? Well, in our UGA Sports group chat, we did have the discussion that Georgia has not had many players from the state of Indiana. It's not known as a football hub, I wouldn't say, at least for SEC country. Um, We only came up with three off the top of our heads. Lawrence Tate is from Indiana. Uh, Tim Kimbrough. And then uh, the other, and I'd forgotten about him, Montez Robinson. So, Coach, I don't know if you have any Indiana recruiting stories or players from Indiana you're connected to, uh, but interesting that Georgia picked up a recruit from oh, that's, that's That's great. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious we use the whole country now. I mean, we, you know, we're looking at – Roddy told me about we're looking at a receiver from Idaho uh, and had a lot of guys in there. I recruited one time a kid from uh, – South Dakota named Phil Ferris that played for me at North Carolina that uh, good back and uh, found out about him through, uh, through his uncle. And uh, just fortunately for me, I didn't went the day we were supposed to go out there to see him. I had coach Dooley sent me to see somebody else and had to send another coach out there. And he was bragging about how good he was handling the snow and everything. And, and, about a mile from the turning in his uh, rental car, he drove it in a ditch. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> but I will tell you, I will tell you a quick philosophy story here about Indiana because I think it's important. John Wooden, who I like to read about these successful guys, and hey, who's done more than John Wooden? <clears throat> was talking about when he was uh, coaching. He wrote this book. And he went to a uh, press conference when Wilt Chamberlain was uh, came to the uh, uh, to the Lakers, and uh, they asked Wilt, said, "How do you think your new coach, Butch uh, Van Bredikoff, will handle you?" And he said, first of all, I have a lot of respect for Coach Van Bredikoff, but nobody handles me; they work with me." what they do is work with me. They don't handle me. And John Wooden thought about it and he went back to his book and he had a a chapter on handling players. And he said, he changed the whole wording of it to working with, with them. I think that's what all of us should do is when you're dealing with somebody, you you, got to be able to be authoritative, but you got to be able to work with them and some give and take there. And, uh, very good little history lesson there from John Wooden today. And what's he ever done? I'll tell you what he has. I mean, uh, I mean 10, 10 out of 11 there. I mean, unbelievable. I, but when I gave you this philosophy, I'm just trying to help you two guys. I'm in the fourth quarter, but I thought that was a pretty good point there from John Wooden. Well, we got to work with you. I call it handling sometimes, but yeah. Hey, Coach, we have uh, some breaking news here. Um, Georgia tennis has a schedule change. The last two home matches will now be played on Thursday at 9 a.m. against Mississippi State and on Saturday at 1 p.m. for Senior Day versus Ole Miss. Is that rain? Rain coming in. Uh, Manny Diaz says, unfortunately, we have to adjust our schedule due to rain. Our match versus MSU will be huge. And Saturday, the Ole Miss will be Senior Day. Come help us stay undefeated and claim the SEC crown all to ourselves. So 9 a.m. on Thursday, folks. I'm going to have to make a 
policy change here. I'm supposed to play at nine o'clock. So, uh, <laughs> and then Saturday at one p.m. Hey, that works out great. You can catch catch the old Miss uh, match at Saturday at one. Be there for Senior Day, and then zip down to the stadium and watch uh, G Day. Okay, thanks for the thanks for the tip. Easy breezy. Uh, speaking of other tips, I'm going to give you a tip right now. If you join uh, our friends over at PrimeShrimp.com, they have this great sampler pack. Okay, you get to try all their flavors, two of each of the uh, New Orleans-style barbecue, the garlic herb butter, the French Quarter Alfredo, the Louisiana boil, the lemon and cracked pepper, and their signature Cajun spiced. Uh, free shipping, 110 bucks for <laughs> pounds and pounds and pounds of Flavored shrimp is shrimp made easy. You basically, it comes to you frozen. You put it in your freezer. Then when you're ready, you take it out, drop it in some boiling water, give it four to eight minutes, uh, take it out, let it cool down a little bit, open the bag. You have perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned shrimp. They're primeshrimp.com. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 20% off your first order. Or uh, if you want to do the uh, uh, sample 12 pack, use promo code STOCKUP. We prefer to use promo code UGA Sports. Let them know that you heard about it from us, but I want you to get the best deal possible. So use promo code stock up if you want just to get that sampler 12 pack. It is a great deal uh, from those. <coughs> uh, also a good deal is our friends over at um, myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, when people keep asking me, that, well, what is the franchise guy? I don't understand that. Basically, he's a franchise coach. If you're not sure what you want to do with your career, but you know you're not happy where you're at, or you know there's you could do more. You want to get out of the rat race. You want to get away from uh, uh, some of the, uh, you know, having somebody else command where you go and what you do and when you show up and all that. You want to be in charge of your own life, be your own boss. Now, how do you get there? It's easier said than done. And if you start if you start Googling franchise and how to own one, you're just going to get bombarded with people trying to make money off of your insecurities or your in, uh, uncertainty. Reach out to Andy Ludecki or Brian Beachy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. It is free, completely free. He makes his money from the franchises that you decide. So if you decide you want one and you sign all the paperwork, they pay him. You don't have to pay him. So hit up uh, the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Become your own boss. If you want to be a uh, uh, full-time, part-time, whatever, he can handle it for you. Coach, you mentioned just the litany of receivers that Georgia has and that question from Howard. And we don't mention him as much, but, man, I am still such a fan of Jackson Meeks and what he to to Georgia's team. I, I think his potential is still untapped in just a production standpoint. So, I know it's hard to get on the field. There's a ton of receivers. I just Jackson Meeks is a guy that I still think can do a lot for Georgia. Yeah, I mean he does a good job on special teams, and then 23 player two. Uh, you know he's got a lot of potential too. And he's got more set. He got Spear and the guy that everybody will go nuts about Saturday's Meeks 87. Uh, how do you pronounce what's it? What I mean Meeks? Me, Kai Muse. Mew will uh, he'll be impressed. Kai Muse. Kai Muse. He can do it. Uh, yeah, Denial Morris, that's 23. I'm going to be sure there. Uh, this is what – you remember earlier I was talking about, look at the size of these outside linebackers. George also has some tiny guys on the team. You know, your uh, uh, Ladd McConkeys, you know, your Stetson Bennett's, you know, your your Jackson. Guys who are not big who play lights out. Uh, 
we've talked numerous times about what makes Georgia different, why they're winning titles now. It's because they're, you know, built – they got rogue raiders up front. The defensive line is gigantic. Uh, they've had – you know, you've had your Jordan Davis monsters, you know. You've had your, uh, you know, big guys on the edge crashing. You've had your Darnell Washington's at tight end. But at the same time, you don't have to be a monster if you're just the most talented. And you look out there and you see Lad McConkey, who looks like he's wearing his older brother's helmet. You know, it just he looks small. But I mean, is there a guy who you know pound for pound was more productive for Georgia than last year? It's kind of tough. So I like your that Jackson leads perfectly Lee. into a question from Billy Zane. He says in 2023, Georgia seemed to sign more speed guys at wide receiver as opposed to bigger body types in previous years. He says, is this a generational shift in recruiting philosophy, or is it just one off in a cycle? Obviously, there's only so many players like Julio Jones that do it all. Yeah, I think you just look at the at, at the position needs. Uh, the bigger guys are usually the single receiver side. The, the smaller guys that we forgot to mention, Arian Smith again. I don't know why I didn't say him. Arian Smith's a slot too. Should be right there in the in the mix. I mean, that's when you got so many guys, it's hard to remember all of them. And I don't have my sheet like Roddy reading their names off like, but uh, uh, which I'm glad you got it, Roddy. I don't mean to be negative there, but. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like that it's a little bit of situational based on who you have and, hey, we need a slot receiver. That's why we took, you know, Dominic. Uh, love it. But, uh, but um, I think it's – you have a, a, a set system that you want to bring in so many of these guys. It's like you bring in more corner types and you do safeties and convert them, you know. Uh, Kirby likes to take uh, – high school uh, guys that play both ways because usually if you're not playing both ways in college, high school, you, you're probably not quite as good as some of the other teams. You know what I mean? So uh, I think uh, unless you're just a bigger six, seven, eight team to have so many players, but uh, it's always good to have a guy that can play both ways and then convert him in, high, in college. Kirby's always Question. really like prioritized speed though. If you go back to, the guy that played both ways, like Eric Stokes. He's 10 2. We'll figure out, we'll find a spot for him. He had 10 200 yard dash. And you mentioned uh, Anthony Evans, can absolutely fly. Uh, I love speed. I love it. Question from John Adams, 88 says, Bloody Tuesday is the toughest day of practice in the fall. We all know that. Does the team keep Tuesday as the toughest workout when it's not the fall? Ooh, good question. I think uh, you really don't get typecast as far as days you, in the spring as, as much as you do. You have a set schedule, you know, off on Sunday, Monday is light, Tuesday's heavy, Wednesday's kick back a little bit, Thursday's really put the polish on, Friday walk through, Saturday game. In the spring, you have 15 days, and they set it up five, three week, uh, five weeks, three, three practices a week, Tuesday – is a lot of uh, physical contact, not necessarily putting them on the ground. You can't. Thursday is maybe a little bit less and more teaching with in between each day, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday have walkthroughs. And then Saturday uh, after the first week, you, you do the same thing. And then after that, then you have uh, three scrimmages. So the day Tuesday doesn't connotate like it does on in Tuesday during the regular season. Okay. It's more of just a practice day that falls on that day of the week. 
Good one. UJ alum 95 says, yeah. who, does, who does Coach Donnan think replaces Jalen Carter at nose guard season? And then how much of a drop-off do you see from the defensive line? Well, I mean, he's a generational player. I don't think you can re- replace him with uh, just one player. You got to get uh, some some different guys to come in there, like Bear Alexander and Stackhouse, and this uh, Hall kid coming in looks good. Uh, you got Jarrett, the the big kid from Greensboro, North Carolina. So uh, just a combination of a lot of people that uh, you know, Brinson can come in there and play three technique and also play in. Uh, we got got some good players there that uh, that'll pick up the slack. And overall, the fact that he was hurt last year really helps our team this year because of all the reps that those guys got when he wasn't playing. So they got uh, really good reps in a winning situation when the pressure wasn't on, where we weren't behind much, where they got a chance to go in there and really cut it loose and uh, develops a lot of confidence. I want to say one thing about – Speaking to Trey Scott about his defensive line, he was so excited last year before the national title game we spoke to him. He was just – couldn't wait for this year. And then we speak to uh, Ch- uh, Chadira Uzo-Daribe. He's so excited about his outside linebacker. He's just thrilled to death about the guys he had coming in. Some of the guys were uh, going to show up. Some were, I think one or two were already there for spring – or for uh, bowl practice. Then you have Fran Brown talking to him about the nicknames of all his guys in the secondary. He's ecstatic about the guys that he has. And then, of course, you know Todd Hartley's got to be thrilled with his uh, tight ends. That would be interesting to know which coach, uh, if you had to compare them, who was the most excited about their squad? Because Kirby's smart. <laughs> that's cheating. I wonder what position coach is yeah. excited about his guys. So and you know, that's what's good about college coaching. You have a turnover every year. You, every team's got a new identity, new goals, uh, new new uh, set of uh, way you got to uh, adjust to who you lost and who you're replacing them with. And uh, like I said, you just can't replace a quarter. But uh, and you know, the other thing that I just just chaps means keep hearing all these people analyze Carter and his uh, situation based on one thing that happened, which was a tragic deal. But, you know, to continue to typecast him as having off the field issues, which, you know, generally you've got to look at that for sure if you're a NFL team, but uh, some of them don't even know that the, the case has already been finalized, you know, and know, know what's, you know, some guy was saying they got to figure out what kind of uh, punishment he's going to have. It's already been set up, so it's been adjudicated. It's over. Do your, do your due, due diligence on these guys, and uh, the, I'm just telling you, there's going to be a lot of people happy whoever drafts him. I know that. Yep. All right. um, um, question we, from: Are you want to do sponsors? Go for it. Yeah, I want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxy real quick because I want folks to uh, jump on and get the. Uh, uh, get a free pair. So basically just give them your email address so they can, and you can opt out if of course, if uh, you want to, uh, you know, don't want notifications from them, but it's a good idea to get it. So hit up the guys at dead Soxy, uh, become one of their VIPs, get a free pair of socks, try them out. Look, they've been in uh, men's health, Forbes, uh, GQ. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, GQ called them the new standard in socks. They're getting a lot of press because, they are, and we, we were there early. We told you this was coming. So uh, 
their socks are fantastic. Everybody likes them. Once you try them, you'll be addicted to them. You won't buy any other socks. Use promo code UGA Sports, get 25% off. Try the red and black socks. I'm just saying Georgia had won a title until two years ago when they started when they became our sponsor. Now Georgia's won two. Coincidence, maybe, but I'm just saying I think a lot of Georgia fans are wearing lucky socks and it's paid off and uh maybe it'll pay off for a, a three-peat in 2023. But you got to join the movement. Get your socks from Dead Soxy. Use promo code UGASports.com. Also, when you're in, if you're in town for G-Day, go by Academia Brewing Company. Go by Friday. Go by Saturday before the uh, game or before the uh, tennis match at 1 o'clock. Uh, go by after G-Day. Grab a bunch of great beer. Take it home with you. Try, you know, try, get a flight so you can try all their different beers. You know, it's, they'll give you four different pours. Choose four, pick the one you like, and get a big pour of it, or try four new ones. Uh, then on your way out, go by the little refrigerated case in the front, grab one, take, you know, grab a case, a uh, couple cases, take a bunch of beer with you, hit up a friend's at Academia Brewing Company. Also, while you're there, you're going to get great food. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, if you got a very diverse group of people, somebody wants a uh, pizza, somebody wants, you know, a steak, somebody wants uh, a sandwich. Their menu is completely varied. You'll be able to make everybody happy by going by Academia Brewing Company. And I guarantee you, Matt Casey will be the loudest guy in Safford Stadium, the uh, founder of Academia Brewing Company. He's a huge, huge, huge Georgia fan. He's been at the last two national championship games. He lives and breathes dogs. So support the guy who uh, supports your team. Question from Pine Tree One Is Tyke Smith in a position to earn the starting role this fall at star or safety? He's in good position. Uh, we've talked about it on the show. I think Roddy had it early on that Bullard was playing uh, the previous star from last year, was moved, playing a little more safety this year. And it's just a, an example of getting the best guys on the field experience wise. Smith, a uh, two-year starter at West Virginia, transferred here, hurt his knee, missed missed a year. Uh, and uh, so you're looking at would we be better with him at safety and Bullard at star or, or vice versa? So they're both looking at both of those positions. It's new kid Aguero's playing in there. Uh, you can take some of these corners and maybe play him at star. I would say he's a leading candidate right now to be the starter there as long as Jackson doesn't play safety and Bullard play star. So uh, there, there's a good combination of all those three there that you could utilize. Here's a question from the dog. He says, in a couple of views, I've heard players refer to someone, and it sounds like they're saying Coach Gummy. Who is that? That's uh, Montgomery Van Gorder, uh, the son of uh, Brian Van Gorder, who was a defensive coordinator here. Uh, he played uh, high school ball uh, and then went to Notre Dame where uh, Coach Van Gorder was coaching and uh, was a, a good player there. Didn't play a lot, but had a lot of experience there under Brian Kelly. And uh, several years ago, Coach uh, Smart brought him in as a graduate assistant and he's progressed. And now he's an analyst. He's taken over for where – Buster Faulkner, who's now the offensive okay. coordinator at Georgia Tech, Bust, uh, Montgomery is uh, working with uh, as an analyst with Coach Bobo, working with the quarterback. So, uh, very astute young man, got a good, good uh, 
wife, a good situation, and he's going to be a heck of a coach. He already is, and uh, Kirby recognized his ability and uh, didn't bring somebody from the outside in. He just he had, like you see, Kirby moving guys up. I mean, he's a, he's a great developer of young people within the system, and then he augments them with people from the outside too. But uh, very very talented guy. If you look at the people that have been in that position, Jay Johnson started out is now the offensive coordinator at uh, Miss, uh, Michigan State. Uh, he was – then we brought uh, Buster in, and now he's the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. Uh, very good position to move up from as far as the coaching ranks and know that you work with uh, the Georgia program and worked with Kirby Smart and know the intricacies of uh, all the things involved with this program. So – uh, Gummy is a, is a good good young coach. We hear his uh, name sim- a lot on the recruiting trail. Similar question, also from Hunting Dog um, Nitro, when he committed this morning from Indiana, referenced a Coach Price. Who is Coach Price? I think he's one of the guys that kind of like Coach Montgomery. I think he uh, Montgomery Van Gorder. He, he's a lot. It's just hard for me to say Gummy. <laughs> as much as you read about those and everything uh, um, on the air. So uh, uh, I think Price is a, a guy that is an auxiliary coach that helps with uh, the offense. And, uh, you know, what What you got to do, these coaches are always dealing daily with different things, whether it be academics, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, and you got these – uh, helpers that uh, kind of chase these guys down and stay with them and text them and uh, get on social media with them and do all that. And each position has a coach like that. And I think Coach Price works with receivers. He, you know, uh, that, that it makes you feel good that he's recognized when a guy commits. He puts his name on there too as somebody that was beneficial in helping him uh, make the decision here. So, for instance, for the fans, if a guy comes here on an unofficial visit, the coach is – really geared in to getting ready for practice that day and you want to spend some time with the kid, but you got to get your own players ready. You only got 15 practices. So you'll have somebody like a recruiting assistant. We'll show them around maybe and take them to the stadium and do all that leg work, take them to an academic report appointment, take them down to meet the strength coach or trainer, show them the nutritionist, all that stuff. And that person is, somebody like Montgomery Van Gorder or coach price or somebody that really talks to him as much as anything. And then in the meantime, you got to set up a meeting with coach smart while he's there that day, all those different things. So these, uh, these people are invaluable. And uh, I think Eddie Gordon and um, God rest soul, DJ Looney guys like that, who right. always mentioned in those uh, recruiting commit stories are like, it may not be the name everybody recognizes, but, that tells you who the next up and comer is going to be. That's good. I mean, Eddie Gordon's on his way. He's going to do a great job at UAB. He gets to come right back this season to play in Sanford Stadium when UAB comes there. But I promise you, Eddie Gordon is going to be a guy that's an offensive line coach at, at one of the bigger schools when the time comes. He's he's on the way. Yep. Agree 100%. Uh, is that all the uh, that's all the think? questions that we have, Roddy. Yes, that's it. Awesome. All right, folks, uh, we will be back here next Tuesday at noon to talk G-Day. We'll talk break down what we saw. Remember, uh, Thursday, 9 o'clock, be over at Georgia Tennis. 
for their match versus uh, Mississippi State. Then at 1 o'clock, they also play uh, Ole Miss. And then 4 o'clock, you have G-Day. Next Tuesday at noon, we will be here to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs and what we saw from G-Day. We will pepper Coach Dunn with questions and make him uh, stake out claims and make promises and give his predictions for the upcoming season, all based off of a couple hours of Georgia's inter-squad scrimmage. we're gonna yeah, we'll put the screws to him and make him uh, make promises. So I'm gonna I'll go out on a limb right now and say Georgia's gonna have a winning year. <laughs> oh wow, that's hey, that's a bold guy to watch out for. Someone to watch out for. Nineteen on offense. Watch out for him. He's pretty good. Hey, watch out for nineteen. Oh, 19 on defenses too. His dad was watching today. <laughs> I would say nineteen has limited. I mean, we might use Bowers a little bit Saturday, but I don't I, – I Honestly, I don't want to see him out there. I don't want to see 84 out there. <laughs> see, I would have forced just to sign, the whole like time. a secret serve around Bowers to make sure he's <laughs> the hole. I'd like to see a couple things here. How, how does Zirkle kick? That's going to be huge. Uh, you know, that, that'll be important to see how he does. Yep. It'd be interesting to see who they uh, put back at return, guys, too. So that'll be fun to watch. So anyway, we have a lot of questions that will hopefully be answered this Saturday, or at least we'll get an insight into them. Maybe not answers, but we'll at least know more than we do right now. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday at noon, and we will discuss all that. And um, that is it for this week. You folks take care. We'll see you then.